What have you done out there on the edge of Federation space? I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save all of you. Welcome back to Spotlight, the show where we examine the Star Trek universe from a non-Trekkie perspective, or a converted Trekkie perspective in my co-host Paul's case. That's, that's right, yeah, I mean... Um, it all came out. Yeah. And you're also <laughs> hearing my other co-host, Matt. Hello. Uh, today... We're here for the first chapter in our exploration of the Star Trek TV series. But first of all, before we go back to that original series that started it all um, in 1967, uh, no, 66, sorry, that shows how much of a non-Trek I am. I don't even know the year the series started. Um, we are going to talk about Star Trek Discovery, the latest iteration uh, of Star Trek TV. Now, when this episode goes out, um, I think we'll be deep into season one of Star Trek Discovery. Um, but we're here today to talk about the first two episodes of the show. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about the first two episodes of Discovery today. Then we're going to rewind uh, next time to the original series and then we're going to gradually go through each of the TV series talking about them um, and then gradually get back to Discovery which will be the first ever Star Trek TV series we will be watching week on week all at the same time as it comes out and kind of talk about the entire first season in one but today it's the first two episodes we're concentrating on which is the Vulcan Hello and uh, what was the second episode called? Battle for the Binary Stars or Battle something? Of, yes. So, um, something like that. Look it up. Look it up. <laughs> we have no idea what each other thought of Star Trek Discovery. We've all watched it individually. We haven't discussed it. Uh, but we have all watched the first two episodes. So I guess this is going to be a surprise for all of us. First thoughts, I'm going to turn to you, Paul, first. I thought it reminded me a lot of watching Crash and Tiger, Hidden Dragon the amount of like subtitles I had to read <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant because Michelle Yeoh was well she was in that too but like it was like we're cutting Tiger all over again it's so much Klingon dialogue to read in this film in this um, I should say two-part this pilot episode um, very indulgent on that part it felt a bit dark crystal at times like the Skeksis how much time was spent in this this episode like spent with the Klingons and sort of establishing their the ritual they were coming to and sort of like moving on a new like leader the whole of the Dark Crystal was spent like, electing kind of a new sort of king mm. skatesy. It just felt quite like that a little bit. Um, so I kind of like latched onto that and that's what I ran with with the show. I thought it was really bold for them to go so heavy on the Klingon stuff. Like it's interesting to see them back again like full fronted but like you say there was lots and lots of scenes of them and it's straight in and uh, a, a lot of this two-parter I think feels quite contained because of the way it ends especially. There'll be spoilers coming up. But I, yeah, I wonder how much of that we'll get or if from this we'll split off and see the different houses and the different leaders and stuff but it felt like maybe they went let's just front load all the Klingon well, council stuff you, and go nuts you really you're not gonna you're gonna have to see the other houses aren't you <laughs> yeah. in this episode because they've um, sort of killed the, the who essentially the Al Bagdari of this uh, yeah uh, Takuvma 
Kufmart, yeah. Which, yeah, there, there were some things this, these two episodes do that I was not spoiled on going in. I had no idea, I'll get this out now, I have no idea that essentially the main bad guy was going to die and the main captain was going to die. I didn't know they were wiping the slate clean. I, like, I, I knew that they weren't on the Discovery ship, but in my head I thought Michelle Yeoh was a regular. Like, I watched this with my housemate, and her name comes up, a special guest star, um, Michelle Yeoh. And my housemate says, oh, wow, she's in this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I think she's a regular. I don't know why they gave her that special uh, yeah, title. Yeah, but it was a there. fucking giveaway, that, wasn't it? Yeah, I should have guessed. Uh, yeah. Uh, and this is uh, the thing. I mean, you know, first of all, what's quite interesting here, as I said, first thoughts, and actually I don't feel like either of you have revealed whether you actually liked it or not. Um, we've all kind of immediately kind of been drawn to the Klingon stuff. And it's the same for me in the sense of the Klingon elements, I feel personally, are the weakest parts of uh, the first two episodes I kind of feel like everything kind of slows uh, to a fucking crawl whenever the Klingons turn up in these episodes uh, and they're the only bits of the show that feel kind of very old hat and, and very kind of oh we're really back into what people think of Star Trek as as you know a bit boring a bit sloggy and uh, you know it's all this kind of subtitled Klingon dialogue dialogue and talk about and it all seems quite staid and stagnant the uh, Klingon stuff in my opinion um, you know I'll straight away say first person to say I like the show so far overall but the Klingon scenes I thought were a bit of a slog you need to see it through the eyes of like somebody you can relate to and almost see it kind of like almost through a door that kind of stuff's interesting when it's kind of half revealed uh, but the fact that we've seen it full on and it's like we're spending entire scenes mm. with like the Klingons and they're procedural and they're, they've overestimated our interests. There's none of our main characters in with them as a yeah. context thing. I think we just need to mm. kind of see snapshots of it. They need to remain a bit of a mystery, but we're seeing them so laid open and so laid bare. There's no mystery to the Klingons. I think it would have been interesting to kind of see you know, a, a Klingon coffin or that. It's like, this is one of the big things in this episode is like the Klingon coffins. Oh yeah, I thought it was a bit stupid. I stuck to the edge of the ship. Like, it could have been great to actually see somebody in the spacesuit like, actually come across that and it kind of smashed onto something and then a Klingon cadaver comes mm. out. Wouldn't that be more of an um, um, amazing moment? And they kind of have it witnessed by somebody who's observing this for the first time, then kind of just lay it out, this is what we do, this is mm. our kind of burial thing. I think, again, the Dark Crystal comparison is that there's a whole funeral scene for the, the one that's passed away, and they kind of do this elaborate funeral. Again, it sort of seems like this. I think they've got some real fucking Jim Henson fans it's in funny, the house. They, they kind of did have that moment you're describing when she's on the ship, and there is that one random Klingon just stood there, and it's like, yeah, that could have just been her finding a body and then looking at the details there. But because he ends up dead straight away anyway. Well, it's not, that's the thing, you have some real tension. I mean, it all was an exchange for a jump scare where it would have been so much more alien work. Yeah, because like you, alien, have, yeah. you have discovery of various artifacts. Pods and things. And that kind of thing, you've got this sense of discovery makes you kind of immune to like the fear of doing these things. But as the audience, we're like, mm. don't go in there, don't do this, don't go any further than that. But like, Michael. Burnham Burnham yeah. who's the lead character like she's got a sense of discovery she should keep going on I think it's a lot of quick cuts it kind of jumps the gun and blows its load too soon in this film goes full on like explosive space battle way too soon it feels like by the end of the second episode we've kind of almost got to the end of the season <laughs> 
Like, it feels like that should have been the climax rather than the opening. Well, I think that's kind of the idea, isn't it? I mean, as Matt was saying, uh, the whole design of these first two episodes is clearly... Um, to surprise the audience in the sense of the way the marketing has all been set up, it was very much sold as if there were going to be two ships and we go following them both, the Discovery and the Shenzhou, um, which is Michelle Yeoh's ship. And obviously the big surprise, spoilers ahead, um, in this story is actually the first two episodes where we never get onto the Discovery ship, uh, they're all set on the Shenzhou, is that we are never going to follow the adventures of Shenzhou because Michelle Yeoh's captain is going to die and uh, Michael, uh, who is our lead character, um, who, you know, by the way, I, I do think that was an absolute, uh, really clever little masterstroke um, on Brian Fuller's part, I believe, uh, coming up with the idea that uh, the lead female character's name was going to be Michael just in a kind of fun way of going like you know that is very much a, a male gendered name but actually in the future no one gives a fuck and she's female um, you know she's going to be taken off the Shenzhou and you know it's not going to be uh, set on that ship it's actually going the reason it's called Discovery it's going to be set on the ship Discovery but we're not there yet and you know this is kind of almost a precursor to what the show will actually mm. be I was I was genuinely surprised by the way it went because you know I wasn't spoiled going in and it kind of a lot of it like fixed a few of the issues I had because I was thinking the crew were all kind of just extras apart from Saru Doug uh, Doug Jones Doug Jones yeah. who I personally apparently <coughs> I read today apparently his character has been very divisive oh I thought uh, was, but I good. thought he was great like I mean he I was almost like my favorite thing yeah, yeah I thought he was In fantastic I mean yeah. I personally. I almost felt as if... Oh, Doug Jones has always been in Star Trek, right? Oh, yeah. As in, he kind of felt like an absolute perfect fit. Like, how has he not been in Star Trek before? And, yeah, I thought mm, he was brilliant. Well, definitely oh, yeah. the best lines of the show, in terms of how he described his species. You know, my, oh, all about sensing death and stuff. Yeah, like... I sense the coming of death. I sense it coming now. Yeah. Yes. That was great. Yeah, so, yeah, I, yeah. so I was looking at the rest of the crew and thinking, oh, no one's really getting any moments. So when it turns out we're not on the Shenzhou for the series, obviously, and the Discovery crew will, you know, presumably have a lot of actual characters with Isaacs coming yes. in as well. Yeah. That was my thing. I wrote down the notes. I was just like, oh, man, this is kind of just the you know, Michael and uh, the captain and Saru show, and this is going okay because it's kind of, we're getting into it, but... Well, with Michelle Yeoh's death, Jason Isaacs will be the captain, yeah. and uh, he's the captain of Discovery, and he's in the opening credits of the first two episodes, despite not being mm. in there. Um, and this really did feel like a pilot movie, and that it, it, apart from, it was kind of like it had one sequence that was at a blistering pace, and then either side of that were the two only subplots were the Klingon stuff which was super slow yeah, and, the, slow, uh, yeah. and the Michael um, sort of backstory stuff which was really interesting so I was like it's one thing one story here with um, the lead character's backstory and the main villain's backstory or, or origin in a way coming together so that was another kind of like red herring when that bad guy was out because I was like oh they're kind of doing a thing where 
the focus is setting up the two polar opposites and then we'll know where, who they are and what they're doing. Well, I should say, before we take a deep dive into this plot, um, now we talked about this in the last episode, but we recently uh, guest starred on Adam Johnson's uh, RPG podcast, Pretending with Dice, and played the Star Trek Adventures game uh, on there. Uh, you can find I think by the time this episode goes out all the episodes will be online uh, I think you can check out uh, Pretending With Dice at Pretend With Dice uh, on Twitter and find links to all the episodes there I think it's a three part uh, I think it is yeah. a three parter yeah or may, yeah maybe a four part with our character creation oh, yeah. uh, episode um, but in that you know we were playing out a Star Trek story and we recorded it before Discovery aired and we were quite shocked to discover that a lot of story decisions and character decisions we made were shockingly similar to the plot of the story. It's really interesting how we were just kind of plopped onto this bridge scenario and essentially improving our way through this role playing yeah, game. Yeah, completely improving. And yeah. I think you knew going in what you were going to do. Yeah. So Liam's character does something in this episode that mirrors Michael's character in this. And my character, Orson Esno, was a human brought up in Vulcan because his parents are dead, which is her backstory. So I saw that and I was like, what? And, and there anything Paul else? was very much playing the Doug Jones role yeah. of kind of very much undermining. Uh, my character who's kind of second in command uh, attempting to stage a mutiny like Michael is in this yeah. uh, so we, that well, when we were playing that I was thinking oh there's never been a real action packed mutiny part not that I've seen anyway and then straight away Discovery comes and out and does a mutiny was the Klingons as well so I mean it was it was all very similar I mean certainly my character took things further than Michael did in terms of the mutiny but the similarities were kind of startling did you not think that as you watched it, Paul? Like, yeah. Um, I, it only really occurred to me like kind of afterwards. Yeah, like it's sort of, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, but I mean, that kind of the funny thing is, I think when we were doing that story, we were kind of having a bit of a laugh, uh, doing and kind of deliberately going away from kind of what Star Trek traditionally is or certainly well, I was you were. Uh, you were. with that character uh, but then to go I mean that kind of shows that actually they're taking risks with Star Trek Discovery by the fact that they did mm. almost exactly what we were kind of going haha this would never happen I think this is the thing yeah they, they, they are taking risks and this is why I can't really I don't know where I fall on this show yet because I need to see more of it. It'll have to be when the actual show starts, essentially, which Whoa. is episode three. This is exactly it. All I can say is not a fan of the title sequence. Uh, oh, yeah. No, oh, the title sequence is shit. Like, I mean, it is. don't you think it looks really cheap, like mm, fucking pin art or something? Yeah, it's not so much the look of it, it's the, <coughs> it's the music isn't memorable. The only bits that are memorable are the bits that harken back to the original yeah, it's series. Just reusing yeah. pre-existing themes. I think like this is a show that's prided itself on like some really good new themes for the for the show. So yeah, I thought it was a bit of a missed opportunity. Well, you know, there's loads of great TV themes, isn't there? Including the ones that were done for the original Star Trek television so series. Bit, so. I think it's a bit of a shame that it's so so low key. Like, you know. Um, in terms of the, the look of it, I'm really thinking <coughs> it definitely measures up to the, the 
blockbuster. Oh, it looks pretty great. It's in terms of the space battles and stuff, yeah, yeah were really I was, impressive. I was, I'm just watching this and I'm not really thinking about the effects. They are what they are. They're yeah. great. The creature mm. design, that thing that comes out the well at the start, looked mm. like a mix of practical and CG. Looked really cool. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was enjoying that part at the beginning. Uh, My Force um, Awakens inspired deserty mm. uh, landscape there with the goggles as well. Yeah, I thought it was. Yeah, it was really awesome, the opening, actually, with like, the new species. In fact, I was enjoying that kind of more than almost the Klingon slot pot. Whilst I do I do like their new look, I just, again, I felt, like, bogged down in their whole kind of Yeah, way. I agree completely. It's a bit much yeah. up there, because it's yeah. quite... There, I would there, like to have seen more of just tiny bits. Yeah. yeah. I like the kind of conflict within them as well, and that albino one, and, and they've got quite, like, an Egyptian kind of style to it. Like, it's quite... It's otherworldly, and I... I haven't seen a lot of Klingon stuff other than the films, but this feels Klingon to me. Yeah, I mean, I felt with all the Klingon stuff, they almost could have cut the Klingon stuff out or cut it down a lot and made this like one episode almost, like because uh, it really seemed to go on forever whenever there was mm. Klingon sequences. Oh, and do you think they're pulling a bit of a new Doctor Who here? Because there's this thing of there hasn't been Klingon scene for a hundred years. That feels like when New Who came back and invented time the Time War, war stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's like they've given themselves a whole bit of new canon that's in the past that they can work around I mm-hmm. thought could be pretty cool like I'm not yeah I mean it's another yeah. case of them going oh the Klingons are the most recognisable yeah. villain from it's the made them quite scary again. Uh, uh, that kind of really detracted it for me because it was um there was like the terrorist attack by Klingons on uh, Michael's home world. Oh yeah, yeah. So that which, was, which would have been less than 10 15 Yeah, years I read ago. that down. So you're saying you haven't seen Klingons, but you were willing to blame them for something, an attack? So they must have been seen in order to kind of tar them with that. So I'm just thinking like there's there's things that weren't consistent with the yeah. episode. To give her her whole motivation. Because it sounds great to say it's 100 years and they've never seen the Klingons. I think it's really dramatic. You know, uh, Matt Meyer himself started his uh, Star Trek after podcast uh, or show with like it's a hundred years and the Klingons haven't been seen, <laughs> and like shouting it from the rooftops. It's like <laughs> it's, it's a great soundbite, but it just doesn't make sense even the own episodes like story. Yeah, I mean, you're you're completely right. That that doesn't really make sense. But um, yeah, what do we think about our lead character? This is the first ever lead character who's not a captain, um, or not yeah. Um, on the uh, show which is Michael I'm intrigued by this character mm. like I'm enjoying the backstory immensely I, I love the fact that you know Matt, like kind of preempted this backstory of his yeah that's character. what that's what like, interested in me raised on Vulcan like mm. sounds it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that's not been done before like, she's, she's got the, the like Matt, it's almost like you're right or something <laughs> she's got the ingrained kind of culture of Vulcans in her but she doesn't have that pesky thing of being a Vulcan so she can have her human flair and I like that they've gone the opposite way with and that her human sort of temperament and behaviour is very kind of fiery and uh, straight away trying to do what's what she thinks is right, which again is a lot like my character. Um, yeah, but I, I do like that. It's like almost like they've taken that thing. It's like you almost so difficult to work with because if you think you're right, you are. Yeah, you are right, and nobody's going to be able to convince you otherwise. And that's what happens in this episode. She c- cannot see it any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, Made it really unpredictable. I think. Like I couldn't see anyone on Picard's crew turning around and like stunning him and all no, any of that stuff. Not. You know. Did you not? And think... they've been together for seven years, so it's not like they've just met. Yeah. So... Did you not think she was the Jack Barrow of the Star Trek universe? <laughs> yeah. 
like getting yeah. out of scrapes, getting out of prisons. I, I really, <coughs> but that's what it yeah. felt like to me. And yeah, it's like she's like he's zapped Xander Berkeley within. The yeah, that's episode. exactly what I thought of. Of I thought of the first episode twenty four when he does that. I thought she was great. Really good performance from it's Sonique Martin Green. Is that right? Uh, it's uh, Sonique Martin Green. Yeah, yeah. I, I think she's really great. Um, really makes an impact. Really interested to follow her as as we go on. I think she's going to be really interesting characters to follow, especially where they well, she's leave not working her. her way back up from the bottom now. Yeah, because where they leave her at the end of you know these two episodes is In being jail. sentenced <laughs> to prison. Uh, My life. You know, that's <laughs> fascinating. I mean, it's... Oh, it's coming now. <laughs> it felt like, you know, the end of the first episode of Blake 7 or something. Like, yeah, and, uh, yeah, I... Well, certainly, like, the uh, courtroom set for Blake 7, where it's like, <laughs> so bad, like a bit of fucking smoke in the background. Well, I've got to say, the space cheap. battles, CG and everything, incredibly impressive, Look, looks beautiful. But did you not think that the set itself of like the Shenzhou I don't know if the Discovery one's going to be a bit more detailed looks very much like we've lit this really darkly to cover the fact no, that there's like I, no I design was, here no I was that. happy with that it, I mean I think this whole like thing we, we Sophie plays a game called Mass Effect oh Andromeda, yes very similar oh okay it's almost like Star Trek's influences have now become its influences right yeah and it's so very similar felt very like almost like watching a cutscene from yeah. the games I've been playing is the uniform quite similar as well maybe yeah, the space suit really, she goes out in really similar L- um, I, I've got to say I like though, the uniforms designed yeah. like uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've got to say I, I genuinely really like the uniforms in it I, I genuinely do um, I think they're kind of really simple um, but militaristic uh, because they seem to be trying to highlight that side of the Starfleet uh, world of the, the the more militaristic side yes yeah, so it reminded me of the the change that Bob made in in Rafa Khan where uh, well, they have made it, the illusion that Michelle Yeoh was a was a military person yeah and uh, and Sneaker as well maybe no, no? it's just Michelle Yeoh uh, okay you know, she was military but yeah that's exactly it and I, they kind of seem quite I, sleek am I making and, that up? what no, I think I think you are right. I think there, you are when, right. Wasn't their mission? Were they on some sort of communications drive or something? Like they weren't. They're yeah, not doing her past was. I'm oh, sure right. they alluded to Michelle Yeoh's yeah. past being like. <coughs> Yeah. yeah, and I I like that. I think that's an interesting thing to go like because it's ten years before Kirk's mission, and you kind of feel like they're on the way to something like you know they're in bridging that gap between the more military based Starfleet and something a bit more touchy feely later on maybe. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I think that's really good. I, I loved all of the stuff between. Um, Michael and Michelle Yeoh's uh, character uh, I mean I've got to say much as it's you know great twist to have Michelle Yeoh go down in the second episode and, and be killed off I am sad that we don't get a Star Trek show where the central relationship is between these two women like you know straight away that opening in the desert uh, often like you establish the, this friendship and relationship between these two women kind of mentor and, uh, mm-hmm. and the older kind of woman character and that kind of continues throughout uh, and I find that very interesting and I 
I think it's a shame that's not going to be there. I was sad when uh, she died. I saw I saw it coming a million miles off. I mean, I've got to say, I don't know about you guys. Well, I, but I saw the Starfleet signal from space coming. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That. Oh, yeah. I wasn't too sure about that. I mean, for me, uh, it was all very. It should have been a penis. <laughs> it, it was all very obvious for the first episode how this would go down. As soon as I saw the special guest star Michelle Yeoh in the credits, I'm like, right. Well, she's dying. I know it's uh, stupid. Uh, Why do that? It, straight away, I was like, okay. fooled me. I was nearly on because the straight away, I was like, right. Okay, special guest star. Right. So she's not a regular. She's dying. It's not two ships. We haven't seen Discovery yet. This isn't about two ships. Discovery uh, is going to come later. Shenzhou is going to be destroyed, which, I, to be fair, I was wrong about. Shenzhou didn't get destroyed, did it? The Europa uh, did. But, you know, it's not, presumably, it's not going to go on. Um, but, you know, I thought Michelle is going to die, and actually, the ship will get to follow is Discovery. Yeah. Uh, and Michael's going to end up on that. I ship. really like the effect of. When a wall, like the hull, is breached, but the shield's still through it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Before that, like they got a bit it? of like space suction, and then the shield came back up. So that was a good way of saying how these shields work. It's quite. Simple. I found it slightly odd that she sort of just lost hope and just sat there for ages in terms of didn't try and kind of break out it seemed a bit odd after she'd been so full of agency in the first episode desperately trying to sort out what was going on she seemed to give up a bit she didn't see where the battle went I think but when she realised it was not going their work that well yes I like to see she has to kind of bluff the computer to get let her through yeah so did I although did they handle the fact that she let through space like a little bit easy because you even see it when she's kind of going she's starting to kind of freeze but then she's just fine yeah that's fine is that okay got back in yeah Yeah. okay pretty soon you can warm up what do we uh, what do we think of the Sarek connection so I thought that was a bit fan service like out of all the people out there I agree because now if you look at why have we why have we never heard of her before yeah like he had this this is set in the prime universe she's basically an adopted child it's only 10 years before Spock's sister essentially yeah because it's only 10 years before Spock mission so we've got to believe that Spock was genuinely raised with her yeah so why haven't we heard yeah, about that? Yeah, that's quite a big... No, it's, it is. It could be any other Vulcan we get. Yeah. Yeah. So it's about. We don't need to know. It feels like it's just there to date the thing. It's like, oh, he's yes. this age now, so yeah. work it out. <laughs> yeah. Why wasn't it just another Vulcan? Because actually... You can do anything you want with it then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, the fact it's, it's a bloody Blofeld in Spectre. Oh my God, that was a thing. Like, you know, in terms of you don't believe that these people are siblings. Like, if Spock turned up within the show, you know what I mean? It would be, it would, it would be weird, wouldn't it? Coming. And, and he could do, couldn't he? I mean, now you can't almost... Played by Quinn, because he's younger. <laughs> almost now, you go, how can he not? How can he not turn up at some point? Yeah. James Frayn's pretty good, though, the guy playing Zarek. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, that, yes, I mean, there's no, no issue with the act, the performer, he's wonderful, but it's just, like, that's a story choice I'm not happy with at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it, it doesn't, yeah, doesn't play for me. I'm really um, excited to see what Jason Isaac's character is all about, because I don't know. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Hello, like, Jason yeah, Isaac. Other than that he's the captain, you know, I don't know what kind of guy he is, and like you say, it's a shame to lose the Yo, Michelle Yo, and Michael yeah. Burnham connection. But here we get to see, I guess, two people presumably meeting for the first time and how they get on. And I guess we'll see their trust in each other develop as the series goes. It's probably going to be a big cornerstone. And keeping Saru in the crew as well, because he's 
the only one to come over from the Shenzhou, isn't he? Uh, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Well, I would assume so, because he's yeah. the only one who's got any screen. Yeah. <laughs> Most others are dead. Yeah. Well, there's that guy that got sucked out of the... the yeah, true. I mean, we'll, we'll see where it goes, but I, I'm very intrigued to see Jason Isaacs captain of Discovery. Um, I, I do like to see like uh, Michael and Saru kind of like have to rise through the ranks almost together, almost again. That would be quite fun. Yeah, I mean, I've seen where she's come yeah. from. Like, oh, if only Sarah kind of went down with her, like, got roped into uh, yeah, the blame, and then yeah. they could both come up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm very interested to see how she gets out of prison, essentially. Mm. And like I said, I think it's going to be another Jack Bauer star. You've got to reinstate me to Starfleet. Um, you you know, I, know, I think yeah. I think she's going to be out of that prison kind of setting by the end of the third episode. I think. Well, everybody uh, out there will know how it goes down. Oh yeah, what so. do we think about this? The, the second episode ended on a cliffhanger. This is no two-parter, isolated. And, you know, back in the day they would have the kind of two-part pilot feature length. Uh, this is clearly we're going for a full art, full serialization here. Yeah. Which is a new step for Star Trek. I mean, I know DS9 very much flirted with it towards the end. On, yeah, yeah. Towards the end of the series, never but this is this early in the shows. Yeah, this is going. This is more a clocking into the binge nature yeah. of TV viewing these days. What do we think about? It that? feels like it's going to be uh, like real time. So, because if there's big time jumps after episodes, then it's that's them becoming standalone stories. Where it, I feel every episode is going to end with the lead into the next. So we'll see. Unless whatever mission they get allows for various adventures, but it feels like it's forging new ground for Trek mm. on TV. Certainly, I'm glad it's taking risks. Yes, I although agree. I am a little bit cold to it right at the way because I'm used to Star Trek pilots introducing me to seven people with, with individual characters and trying to like start to build me at least a relationship with them by the end of the pilot. I've had this time, you know, it's, it's been a lot of like scene setting, it's been establishing quite a big canvas, so we'll be, we'll, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. We've no idea what the actual kind of status quo of this series is going to be. Yeah. So actually, right now, point. it's a prequel to Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, it's a real primer. It's, it's a prologue. It's, yeah. But okay, should we talk Final Thoughts? Yeah. What we thought and potential. But I'm gonna score it, but you don't have to if you don't want to. What's what's your score? Uh, I would generally give this an eight because despite any reservations I have, I think the serialization is a really good way to go mm. for Star Trek. I think it opens it up to a new audience, modern audience. Uh, I think Michael is a great lead character. A uh, great lead actress, um, very interested in the kind of you know uh, female relationships they depicted in the first two episodes. Even though Michelle Yeoh ended up uh, meeting her maker, I thought their relationship was very interesting while it was there. <clears throat> I think the effects are great. Uh, I think the costumes are great. I think the the show looks really impressive. Um, I think it's taking risks with you know what Star Trek is. Uh, what it's capable of I thought the whole mutiny aspect was really cool and the fact that they really got into it straight away and immediately had emotionally intense scenes uh, which is different for Trek I'm genuinely excited to see where it goes now uh, so yeah I'd give it an 8 I think a 7 for me okay because I just I think there's too much time to everything on and 
that is, that I, is I, I do not know where it's going. I do not know. Mm-hmm. I don't feel enough of a connection to it yet. It feels a lot of flash and dazzle, but without any kind of real meat yet. There's there's definitely some beginnings and stuff, but just not enough in in a pilot to kind of say I'm in or out at the moment. It's been thrown into the deep end, and it's like. Oh, yeah. With the thing, like you said, if this was a finale, you'd be like, "Oh my god!" But yeah, it's throwing you in, getting loads of crazy stuff going, and then resetting the table. Um, yeah, I really like. I, I mirror a lot of Liam's thoughts. I'd probably give it an eight as well. Um, I'm most excited to kind of be joining a Star Trek show as it starts yeah. when it's on, not just you know and seeing where it goes. And to have so many people kind of flawed by its unpredictability, I presume, and and, and not knowing where it's going. Well, I assume Maya's doing like one of the the next episodes. So from the front discovery as it kicks off yeah see his hand guiding the ship and I and I had a thought earlier of I haven't seen these but I think I've heard from you guys that the beginning of the original series is kind of Pike as captain and Kirk and the rest don't show up until a few in or are they just unused pilots well it's it's the uh, the unaired pilot um, was the cage which has Pike as captain uh, and Spock is the only kind of carryover from the series now it's one of these weird things where although that pilot was unaired at the time and they reset the table completely completely changed it, recast it, and got Kirk in the lead with Spock being the only mainstay. The cage has since become, uh, and I don't quite know how this came about, but now it certainly is very much considered the pilot. And like, you know, it's on, like if you look on Netflix where they've got all the Star Trek, it's got the cage as the first episode. And if you look on any episode guides, the Pike one is considered the first one and it's there. And you know, I'm not sure at what point that happened. Well, there's also like there's a two-parter where they kind of like bring in the crew from the original Enterprise. Yes, yeah, yeah, and do a flashback. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and like you say, they bring back Pike later into continuity, so he's part of continuity, and yeah, uh, obviously they made him a part of the JJ verse as well. Um, so I guess you could you could argue that they are like riffing on that. Potentially. Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. when it when it kind of all ended. I was like, oh, they've done a kind of Pike thing and had one person cross over and they'll carry on because yeah, in my head it was that's how it played out the original series. Yeah, right. I mean, well, they're basically going to be more Star Trek than Star Trek. <laughs> like, I mean, that's yeah, that's a very interesting idea. Of if you put Michelle Yeoh in the Pike role, um, and then Jason Isaacs in the Kirk role, and Michael in the Spock role, yeah, then certainly that kind of makes sense, and that could be. I mean, that's something that'd be really interesting to find out if that is true. And there's room for Michael and Michelle Yeoh flashbacks, I guess, as well, because of their history. Yeah. So she might come back. She might do. She She might might do. I hope hope so. Um, Okay, well, yeah, I mean, that's definitely... A positive start, yeah. So overall, yeah, yeah. for discovery, like, and I, I'm I'm definitely yeah. excited to see where it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Looking forward to Monday. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And uh, but next time, we will be wiping the table of discovery and rewinding back to the original series. Are we going to watch the cage, or are we going to watch the? Uh... Well, maybe we should watch. But I mean, this is the thing because the cage is, you know, that is the pilot. That is unaired, but it is the official um, pilot uh, now. I'm up for doing both. So, personally, I'm up for doing the cage, Pike Light, and the and the first Kirk episode. But we'll also have a guest with us to represent the original series to us, who's more au fait in court uh, with it and choose an episode for us to watch that they think 
well represents the original series because the idea behind these episodes is going to be that we watch the pilot um, and a, a pick of our guest on that month and decide if we actually want to go ahead and watch more will we actually deep delve into these series like we are Discovery or will we just leave at the pilot you know we, we shall see so that's going to be really interesting I'm, I'm really excited about it uh, so until then it's goodbye from me Liam it's goodbye from me Matt goodbye from me Paul If you enjoyed this episode of Spotlight and wish to support us, you can rate, review and subscribe on iTunes, like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter at SpotlightPod. You can also get in touch and drop us a message directly by emailing SpotlightPod at gmail.com.